Do you want high quality wines without the high price tag? The wine concierge guarantees satisfaction with every sip. Hold on, it is better. They feature women and minority winemakers and brands. Wines made by people who look like you and me. It's an online wine store, shop 24-7 from your home or office. They even ship to most states. Check out www.thewineconcierge.co for yourself. Use code SWIRL for your special discount and free shipping at www.thewineconcierge.co. Welcome back to the Swirl Suite, everybody. So this is our final episode of the Washington Wine Series, and our guests are Sadie Dreary. She's the grower. She's the viticulturist at Seven Hills Vineyard. And her winemaker partner is Marty Club of LaCole 41. A huge thank you to the Washington Wine Commission and the team behind organizing this series with the Swirl Suite. We are truly honored to talk to all of the winemakers. We certainly have a greater appreciation for all of the hardworking winemakers and growers in Washington State. Cheers, guys. Welcome to the Swirl Suite, everybody. Leslie and Tanisha, how are you? How are things? Welcome. I am good. Wonderful. Yes, yes. You sound good. Sound like you're in good spirits. You do. And your hair looks good. Thank you. You know, every once in a while, the gun is loaded. (laughs) (laughs) Tanisha, how are you? Good. We're starting off the week strong. Uh, It was a long weekend. But, you know, we're good. We made it. So I have a praise report. Okay. Oh, so a few weeks, <laughs> a few weeks ago, I remember telling y'all that I had a friend who was mm, addicted to this particular grocery store wine that I will rent it. I'm not going to name it. Okay. It was a grocery <laughs> store, big Chardonnay addicted to it. Every time I saw this friend, I held my tongue like, okay. I, but the last time I said, I got to say something. We have to get you out of this grocery store wine. Um, how about I do a Chardonnay tasting for you? Okay. She was hype. I made dinner. It was great. I went to the wine concierge. Okay. By Leslie Freelo. And okay. I bought four different Chardonnays. I bought a classic Chablis. I bought um, Andre Max Knock on Wood. I bought the Aslina 2021, I believe, Chardonnay. And the House of Brown Chardonnay. Um, she loved them all, but she was drawn to Aslina, and that was the winner. So, praise report, we're changing palettes one at a time. One at a time. Let me tell you, I don't like some. So you could invite me over for dinner and uh, buy four <laughs> wines so I can sit and eat a good Sarita meal. It was good. I, I made I made duck. Um, I made duck fries. It was it was great. It was great. It was yeah, awesome. I'm gonna think of a grape that I um, buy at the grocery store, and I'm gonna tell you about <laughs> that on one of our episodes. <clears throat> that that's wonderful. That's what, and and I yeah, really, I really, um, I like Eslina's wine, and I like um, Siki as a winemaker. Her story is incredible. She's just, she's just amazing. An amazing yeah. individual. Yeah. And, and also, Sarita, I think that's what it takes, um, what yeah. you did with your friend, just saying, hey, 
let me help you. Here are some other options. Not yeah. judging, not saying, oh my God, I can't believe you drink that. Oh my goodness, what are you doing? You were just like, hey, these are other things that you can drink. Let's 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 put you in one of these other things. Let's get one of these other things in your, you know, wine yeah. rack. So whatever. Yeah. And she and you know, she wasn't offended when I said, Hey, there are some other options out here. And some of the winemakers look like you. So let's explore that. I was very happy with that result. Well, (laughs) one palette at a time, one palette at a time, y'all. Yes. So we are on our third episode of the Washington wine series, and we have our special guests, Sadie and Marty. Welcome to the Swirl Suite. Hi, thank you. Marty, you are still muted. And thank you as well. How are you guys doing? We're good. Good, thanks. Awesome. So um, please introduce yourself to everybody. Okay, well, I'll, I'll start. Um, my name is Marty Club, and uh, my family and I own uh, one of the oldest wineries in Washington State, La Cole Number 41. We're in the old French town schoolhouse just outside of Walla Walla. And um, we just celebrated our 40th anniversary harvest. So we were the third winery in Walla Walla and the 20th winery in Washington State. Congratulations. Thank you. Wonderful. Hi, I'm Sadie Drury, and I am a wine grower in Walla Walla. I manage about 300 acres of vineyard. I work for a farm, a farm company called North Slope Management that Marty partially owns. Um, and I farm Seven Hills Vineyard and Marty's Ferguson Vineyard and a few other vineyards. And I was born the same year Lacole was founded. So Marty's got a little more experience than me. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. Marty, you don't feel old, do you? <laughs> oh, no, she's, she, I'm not going to let her get away with that. Uh, but I will say that uh, she is so talented in what she does. You would think that she has 40 years in the mm. business of making Speaking of her talent, so Sadie, your first job was picking strawberries. And um, unlike like many other winemakers or people in the industry, your path seems very straight. Did you always know that you wanted to work in wine? I didn't know that I always wanted to work in wine. I did know I always wanted to work in ag. So yes, I picked strawberries and then I, I worked um, pea harvest and then I was training horses and I went to college for one quarter at a university and it was miserable. <laughs> so I uh, dropped out of college after one quarter and I packed up and I moved around. So I lived in Las Vegas. I lived in Texas. I lived in Idaho. And when I moved back to Walla Walla, it was 2004. I was old enough to drink wine. All these wineries were popping up and I really started to fall in love with wine. And it was through that falling in love with wine, wanting to work outdoors that I decided I was going to grow grapes. Now, Marty, your origin story started with your in-laws. You moved from San Francisco to help with the winery. No, that's right. So um, uh, Megan, my wife, Megan's parents, Jean and Baker Ferguson, had founded the winery in 1983. And uh, Megan and I came and helped them with that first harvest. 
And so we were kind of involved, but not involved. And um, because we were in San Francisco, we were right there on the doorstep of Napa and Sonoma. So of course we got into wine pretty deeply and loved wine. And my background actually was chemical engineering. So I like the fermentation science of wine. And then lo and behold, we had had two kids, but working these corporate jobs and living on airplanes and traveling all over. And my wife says, we should move to Walla Walla and you can run the winery and I'll work in the family bank. And so that's what we did. In 1989, we moved to Walla Walla. Well, can I right. jump in right quick with a question for Sadie? Yeah, of course. Sadie, I want to go back to what you said about you went to, you knew you always wanted to be in ag. You tried university for a second. You left after a semester. How was that conversation with your parents? Mm, my parents, I think my parents always knew I was a force and they weren't going to be able to tell me what to do. Uh, so I just said, I'm going to drop out of school. And I found a job in Las Vegas. Um, it was at a horse ranch and they were, I think, upset, but also at that point, it actually had already moved out of the house for the first time when I was 17. And they said, you know, go live your life, figure out what you want to do. But I think it was, had I stayed in a university and kind of gone down a tr traditional career path, I wouldn't be where I'm at now. So I think it's really good that I I did that. And my parents have always been really supportive. Uh, and so when I came back and then said, I'm going to go to school to learn how to grow grapes, they were I think relieved and still very supportive. Okay, perfect. And the reason I ask that is because a lot of people go to university for their parents, not necessarily for themselves. And when people pick a different kind of career path, they don't know how to break that to their parents. So I'm just wondering how you said it. And hopefully that will help somebody else out there who's like, oh, I don't really want to do this teacher, lawyer, doctor thing. I want to do something else. Yeah, so thank I you for doing that. Absolutely. And I just think there's so many opportunities in trades that um, you don't, when you graduate high school and you go into a university, you don't realize there's these other opportunities when you're 18. So I have, I have no regrets about not going to school until I was 25. So how did y'all's business relationship start? How did you two meet? <laughs> so um, I think um, it was about 2013 when I met Sadie. And uh, we hired her as an assistant viticulturalist at our principal vineyard, Seven Hills Vineyard. And um, she had been working at a vineyard on Red Mountain called Seal de Cheval, which was highly respected. And we knew that if she had been there for five years, that she knew what she was doing. And she quickly proved herself uh, very strong. And I think it was less than a year before she was promoted to the principal vineyard manager and viticulturalist, not only at Seven Hills, but uh, for a group of vineyards on the south side of the Walla Walla Valley that was part of a, of a larger vineyard development. And that's, Sadie's been doing that ever since 2013. Sadie, how do you manage multiple vineyards? Because you're managing how many now? Six. Six vineyards, six yeah. Yeah, how do you go about doing that? What's your process like? Well, I'm really lucky that all the vineyards are close. There's a lot of vineyard managers who farm properties that are spread out. So I think that having all the vineyards right near each other gives me an advantage. 
Um, and then I have a really great team. I could not be a good farmer without the people who work for me. You know, I, everybody's got their role and they're really important. So, you know, from the skilled labor that does the pruning and the picking um, to the tractor drivers, to my assistant viticulturalist, everybody has a role. And so collectively, uh, we just get the work done. We we get up and we figure out what needs to happen and and we make it we make it work every day. I'm just thinking about like the I guess the administrative process behind managing six vineyards. Is there is there a program like a computer program that you have that that'll keep track of where everything is? Do you have cameras or is it just you and your staff just just sort of like boots on the ground? A lot of boots on the ground and a lot of Excel spreadsheets. We've tried different computer programs and it's it's actually really hard to try to find something that keeps everything straight. So the only computer program I use is for writing spray recs, but everything else is Excel spreadsheets. We keep track of our customers. We do all the budgeting. Um, I do all the hiring personally. So it, it is a lot to keep track of. Uh, it's a lot of organized chaos from day to day just because you know, when you have six vineyards, you might be doing work in six vineyards in one day, but we, we just, um, we look at all the jobs that need to happen and we figure out, you know, who, who can go do it and how do we do it? And, uh, so it's a lot, it's a lot of computer work too, but also a lot of boots on the ground. So Marty and uh, Sadie, as Sarita mentioned, this is our, our, our third and, um, final series in Washington. And I noticed not just through this series, but just a fan of Washington state wines, that there are a lot of women in leadership roles in your particular region, more so than I've seen in, in other regions. And I'm just curious about the wine community there. What has fostered this empowerment and growth in that particular region? Yeah, you know, I think that because Washington's young, there's an advantage there. Uh, when I decided I was going to grow grapes, I did not know that I would be the third female vineyard manager in Washington state. I did not, I had no clue that there was only two before me. So I think that having a smaller, younger industry take off, you don't necessarily have the same I don't know what the word I'm looking for is like gatekeepers or the the same people to look up to. So I never thought about it as like, oh, there's not a lot of women here, or a lot of women doing this. And so when I hear that I'm the first woman to do something, it's always really interesting to me because that's not why I went out and did it. I just want to be the best at what I do. Um, Marty can probably speak more to this as well, but I, I've never felt like anybody has ever held me back. Yeah. I think uh, a couple of things there, there have been probably quite a few women in, in a winemaker position working with wineries um, going way back to the beginning of Washington wine, quite frankly. And, um, but um, more recently, Sadie is a graduate of the Walla Walla Community College uh, Enology and Viticulture Program, which started around 2000. And that program has churned out lots of graduates uh, and male and female, which have all infiltrated the industry. And I think you see maybe more women involved, uh, particularly in the Walla Walla wine industry, 
um, be because of those graduates are all working for some prominent winery in the Walla Walla Valley. Very nice. So um, could you two talk about Ferguson and the the property and the Ferguson wall for a little bit? Sure. I'm going to start out, um, but there will be some, there's some unique challenges to managing this site. And I think Sadie probably is better at talking about that. But um, my wife's parents were Jean and Baker Ferguson. So this really was a, a legacy estate vineyard for us. Uh, we planted it in 2008. It's at a relatively high elevation, um, uh, almost 1500 foot elevation. And it's in a unique soil, which is uh, volcanic, which is uh, ancient from ancient lava flows that happened about 15 million years ago. And so because of the elevation and the volcanic soil, the wines are very unique. And we knew this from the very beginning that there's, there's more earth, there's more minerality, there's higher natural acidity. Uh, but at that elevation, there's also a lot of concentration of fruit. And I think some of the challenges with the site is managing in windy conditions, where the vines are literally trying to grow in rock. And so I think Sadie can speak to a few of the unique attributes of the challenges of growing in Ferguson. I love Ferguson. Like every day up there is a is a good day that we're working up there, but that's because we can't really work up there on the bad days. <laughs> Marty mentioned the wind and and so for me like farming Ferguson it's all about being flexible. So, you know, there's basalt, there's wind, there's the shallow soils, there's the high elevation, which creates a cooler growing season, a longer growing season. So when I talk about being flexible, it's like, hey guys, the wind's not blowing, let's get up and work at Ferguson. Um, or, you know, the, like it's not rainy or something, let's get the water on. And, and so we, I'm always thinking about working at Ferguson, like working with Ferguson, working with the weather. Um, and that's how we tackle those challenges. It's, there are days like say we're picking and we've scheduled a pick and it's blowing 45, 50 miles an hour. We have to pick. And it reminds us of how challenging that site can be, but it's really an amazing place. You can see all of Walla Valley. You can stand up at the top of Ferguson and see almost every vineyard in the ABA, which is just incredible. Um, and we get bud break up there earlier sometimes. So we have the shallower soils, the soils warm up quicker. So we see this early bud burst and then it'll be the last vineyard we pick and not because Marty picks really ripe, but because of that high elevation, the cooler growing season. So we have this extended, uh, growing season up there. So physically seven Hills vineyard and Ferguson are very close, but, uh, the growing season at seven Hills vineyard is a couple weeks shorter, which is, which is really interesting. So I, first of all, I'm trying the, um, the 2019 Ferguson, um, red blend, which I'm loving. Um, but I have to say the first, this is the first time I've ever seen this on a label that it says it's certified sustainable and salmon safe. Can you can you elaborate on the 
salmon safe? Uh, respectfully, I'm going to allow Sadie to answer this question because she has actually been uh, more involved in the management of that program. Yeah, so the sustainable certification that Ferguson is certified through is called LIVE. And LIVE is an organ-based certification, but they partner with Salmon Safe. And Salmon Safe creates a list of chemicals that they call like high hazard. And so those are chemicals that are going to be dangerous to fish, to the environment. So everything that LIVE allows us to use or Salmon Safe allows us to use is ran through a program. And they look at a chemical and they determine how dangerous is it to humans, to fish, to off-target insects, to birds, and to um, like soil microbes and things that live in the soil. And so we're only allowed to use the softest chemicals on the market. What's what's interesting about that though is there are organic products that are dangerous and we're not allowed to use or we have restricted use on those organic products. So I always talk about this in a way that I hope people understand that being sustainable in some ways is more environmentally environmentally friendly than maybe some organic programs, um, not all, but some. And then uh, also, you know, sustainability, something that Marty and I work a lot on together is just, you know, the business needs to be sustainable. Is Are you running a healthy business? And then um, are we taking care of our people, which is huge? Are we paying people a living wage? Are we giving them a life that they want to live? Uh, are we providing them a healthy work environment? But the salmon safe element of that really just focuses on the clean water. And then the live encompasses the rest of the things I just talked about. So we we were in part of the program was when we planted, we were actively involved in sustainable agriculture. And so we did a whole series of things at Ferguson, such as we planted different green crops in the field for a couple of years leading up to the actual planting where we could plow that green crop into the soil to help build up biomass. We were also um, were able to do a compost and compost tea in the field designed to improve that soil biology, to improve the potential growing conditions for the vines. And I think those early efforts um, helped get the vines established, but I also think it led to higher quality in the wines right out the gate. I watched a few of your uh, videos. You guys have a lot of videos online. And um, I I heard the term drip irrigation. I'm not sure exactly. I, I can imagine what that is. But since your property is so dry, what, what exactly is drip irrigation? Drip irrigation is just basically a tube um, that runs underneath the vines. And so if you think about if you were to run sprinklers in a vineyard, you're going to get everything wet and you're going to be watering the whole ground, but drip irrigation delivers water just to the root zone. So it's really a good water saving tool. Most vineyards use this. It's the best way to control quality in the vineyard is to control water. If you overwater, you get big berries, watered down wines. If you underwater, you get stressed out grapes and that's not good either. So the drip irrigation we use delivers like a half gallon per hour to each plant. So I know every time I turn on the water, exactly how much water each plant is getting uh, at, at all my vineyards. So it's a really, it's a really great tool and it's the best thing for the environment. 
it, it also allows us to grow basically smaller berries, smaller clusters. We can control shoot growth. And because the in the world of wine, people think irrigating can be uh, not good. And so I usually say we play this game of Chinese water torture on our vines. I love that. And I get it. I, I totally get it now. Hey there, our wine lover friends. Imagine this. Not having to go to the wine store. Someone delivering wines directly to your home or office. Better yet, imagine having wines produced by women, Black and Latinx winemakers and owners. Your dreams have come true. Honestly, they really did. Swirl Sweet listeners, the Wine Concierge makes this happen. The Wine Concierge is an online wine store that features affordable handcrafted wines produced by women and minority winemakers, vintners, and owners from boutique vineyards. They have an amazing selection of domestic and international wines. Trust me, I've tried them. And they deliver to most states. Use code SWIRL for a special discount and free shipping on their holiday bundles and wines. Visit www.thewineconcierge.co to use your discount. Again, the site is www.thewineconcierge.co. Now let's get back to the show. How involved are you two in each other's process? Like Sadie, do you go to the the the, the winemaking process and taste along the way? And Marty, do you go to the vines and maybe taste the grape to see when you're ready to pick? Absolutely. Uh, so I go at least out to the coal once a year and taste all the wines, um, sometimes more. And it's really great. I, I sit down with the coal production team and they will, I don't know how many different lots I grow for Marty, but we will taste them all. Um, and it's really good for me to understand what the different blocks are doing because every block brings a different flavor and it maybe, maybe we did overwater a block or maybe we did stress out a block too much. And so we had that meeting to see what we can do better next year. Uh, but also involved in that process is when Marty comes out to the vineyard and I'll let him talk about that more. He, whenever he's telling me something, he has 40 years of experience and he's seen a lot of things that maybe I haven't in my 15 years. So if Marty comes to me and he says, Hey, this block looks a little heavy. I know he's probably right. Or if he's like, Hey, your canopies are a little too bushy or there's no sunlight. I need to get in there and do something. Um, so I really take what Marty has to say. Uh, I have a lot of respect for what he has to say. Well, and likewise, because the old adage, wine is made in the vineyard, is true. Your best quality is, is accomplished through how the grapes are grown. And so that's where Sadie has really helped us elevate our wine quality over the last several years. We had one particular block of Merlot that didn't seem to perform to the same level and standards as another block. And we began to talk about it. And within three or four years, not only had she turned that block around, it became our number one block for that variety with a, just a few years worth of work. And so having that constant feedback loop uh, between seeing the quality off of a block and how say, if, if there is a little bit too heavy tonnage, what does that do to the quality of the wine helps Sadie and her crew understand the importance of proper thinning, for example. And LaCole even came out and did a tasting for my whole crew. Uh, 
and it was amazing because a lot of my crew was able to be like, oh yeah, block 13 or block two. And they were able to compare the blocks. And it was, it was really helpful for them to understand when we drop fruit, we drop fruit for a reason. Or when we're trying not to water and keep the berries small, we're doing that for a reason. And um, it really closes that circle of understanding. So everybody's on board. That's amazing. I've just noticed a consistency with all of the pairs that we've uh, interviewed for for this Washington wine series, it's either been organic or extremely respectful. You guys seem to respect both of your your uh, your positions and what you do as far as the growing and the winemaking. Um, what are some challenges that maybe people who want to be a grower or want to be a wine work maker and work with a grower? What are some challenges that people may want to look out for? Well, one one challenge, of course, is uh, managing the economics in the vineyard. Uh, the old traditional buying grapes by the ton really doesn't work very well because in that situation, a grower wants to produce a large tonnage in order to make more revenue. And so we came up with this idea of the winery paying uh, like an acre price, a price per acre so that it doesn't cost the grower money if we decide to thin crop. And so um, we have found most of our quality relationships where the quality of the wine is paramount, is all done in a situation where we're taking some of the risk off the grower in terms of yield management and passing that on to the winery. But what the winery gets in exchange for that is higher quality fruit to make a higher quality wine. And so it, it has allowed us, for example, to build our brand reputation that you can always count on LaCole, everything, all the wines we make are reliable and consistent and you'll never have a bad bottle produced from us. I, and I think building off of that, on my end, a challenge can be a winemaker who May maybe they believe in practices that aren't healthy for the vineyard. So Marty just said, you know, everything's acre price and that's great. So if I have a winemaker come in and they want to pull some extra leaves, I'm happy to do it. Or if they want to cut the tops of their shoots off, they call that hedging. I'm happy to do it or change the way the wires are great. But if they come in and they say, I'm overwatering, and I know that I'm not. And if we actually stress the vines further, we're going to damage the vines. Uh, that's not something I'm willing to compromise. Or if they want me to try to use a, a certain product for spraying that I'm not willing to use, you know, that's just not a place of compromise. So uh, Marty and I are very much on the same page and I can say, hey, I just learned about this new thing and we can talk about it and try it. Or we can understand, um, some science things together, you know, like irrigation, the science man irrigation is so important and, and when to water and when not to water. Um, but there's other winemakers who sometimes can be more of a challenge uh, and they can be a little bit harder to work with that way. So Marty, you mentioned brand reputation. You guys are producing award-winning wine and a little birdie told us that you guys are being awarded for, for one of your wines. So tell us about what wine that is and what award you're receiving. Okay. Well, um, we've been blessed with several awards and I'm going to just say, we just 
received our 16th Wine and Spirits Top 100 Winery of the Year Award this October. 16 times. That, if you look at Wine and Spirits Magazine, there's less than 20 wineries that have received a Top 100 Winery of the Year Award that many times. So that, that for us is um, an accomplishment that speaks to our decades of winemaking. Um, but we have won three, now three international trophies for wine that Sadie helps us make and grow. Um, two international trophies for Ferguson. One was the Decanter World Wine Awards uh, for our 2011 Ferguson back in 2014. And then a couple of years later, we won the Six Nation Wine Challenge in Sydney, Australia for um, our 2013 Ferguson. And just recently, we uh, learned that our 2019 Seven Hills Vineyard Perigee won the Global Fine Wine Challenge uh, Award, uh, which is the new name for the Six Nation Wine Challenge. And it's, a, it's an ex significant accomplishment because um, the way that competition works is they have critics from um, five major wine growing regions around the world, the United States, Canada, South Africa, Australia, New Zealand, and all the critics recommend like 120 different wines. So you know they're recommending the best wines they can uh, for the competition. And then we won the category of best Bordeaux blend in the new world. So, it, and it's the second time in six years that we've won the award. One with Ferguson and the second with Seven Hills. So it speaks to um, not only the quality of the wines we as a winery are making, it also speaks to the quality of the grapes that Sadie as our grower are growing for us. No, amen. That is that is awesome. That is wonderful. Congratulations to you both. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. That's that is a huge accomplishment. Indeed. Huge accomplishment. Before we do our closeout questions, that'll be a little fun for all of us. Um, tell everybody where they can follow you both. So I'm on Instagram as Vitnerd, V-I-T nerd, not not Vitner, but Vitnerd. Uh, so that's a good place to follow me. And I keep everybody updated on what's happening in the vineyards and in, in Washington there. So um, it's a pretty fun place for me to interact with people. And I think we're we're on as LaCole hashtag or number four one. LaCole number four one. Did I ask what the four one represented? We are in the we're in the old Frenchtown school that's on the label. This building was built more than a hundred years ago in 1915. And for many years, it was the Frenchtown School. It became school district number 41. And so LaCole is the school in French number 41 for the school district number 41. I love it. Thank you for that. All right. So here are our closeout questions. And this is just a this or that. Okay. Everybody can unmute yourselves. Hopefully it'll stop. Okay. First one, horses or dogs? Horses. And dogs. <laughs> horses. Horses. Oh, go ahead. 
Is this like a pet situation? Like, oh my god, I- why? Do- <laughs> what is it? <laughs> I feel like if I didn't ask a further question, then you would be disturbed that something was wrong with me. No, so I would not be. No. I have to go deep. Horse. Are you gonna pick one? Horses? The horse. Because like I can't keep none of it in my house. So yeah, horse. You just go visit it when you want to. Yeah. Um, I'm a dog girl. I am. I love horses, but I'm a dog girl. All right, here we go. Box seats at the Super Bowl or World Series? Super Bowl. It just seems way more lit. <laughs> and exactly. it's just one game. Like the World Series is like 45 games. <laughs> no. Like, which one do you go to? Mm-mm. Super Bowl. Super Bowl. I'm Super Bowl, too, because we were big fans of the Seattle Seahawks when they went to the Super Bowl. And we've actually worked with some of the Seahawks on uh, wine donations for the auction of Washington wines. I to say the World Series, not because I'm a big baseball person, but I just want to keep the party going for a while. <laughs> so I want to go to the multiple games. And I like, you know, the hot dogs and peanuts. There. I'm going to choose World Series because I'm not a baseball fan. I feel like being at the World Series would turn me into a baseball fan. Okay, next one. Pancakes or waffles? Pancakes. Pancakes. Yeah. Waffles with maybe some fried chicken on top. It's real good. I'll I'll say waffles because I just saw somebody eating uh their stuffed turkey uh the stuffing in their turkey in a waffle. Wait a wait, minute. Wait, 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 hold on. <laughs> yeah, wait you, take, you take the leftover the leftover stuffing from your Thanksgiving turkey and you cook it in your in your waffle iron. And they say it's incredibly good. So I'm going waffle. So the okay. stuffing is made like a waffle? Yeah, the stuffing, the stuffing is the waffle. Is made into a waffle. Okay. Okay. That's where I was getting confused. Yeah. That sounds good actually. Yeah. And I'm a waffle waffles. Waffles for me. Okay. Typewriter or calligraphy? Calligraphy. It's beautiful. You said said that fast. It's beautiful. And I'm actually taking calligraphy. So um are you? How nice. That's so French of you. That's so cute. (laughs) (laughs) I would I say calligraphy and when um when I was a college student, I interned at the State Department, and there's an official State Department calligrapher, and they they do all of like the state dinners or what have you, invitations for the diplomatic corps. Very interesting to watch. I'm gonna go with calligraphy as well. My dad has the best handwriting I've ever seen. It's beautiful. So whenever I see like fancy calligraphy, I think of my dad. I, I would like to say calligraphy, but uh, my talent is probably more better for the typewriter. I'm actually going to go typewriter. I like the sounds of old school typewriters, the clicking and the, yeah, that, you know. You know, they're making a comeback. I know. Sweetheart. I know. Yep. I'm happy about it. I would have a typewriter in my house. That'd be awesome. Did you, did you have one in college? A what? A typewriter. Uh, no, uh-huh. I was a little, I'm a little, a little young for that. Um, I, like, I did take a, Stop playing. <laughs> there were computers out when I, I mean, was, it was dial up, but we still had computers. We still had I'm, computers. A, I'm afraid I'm the only one here old enough to have used a typewriter. 
I used no, the we, typewriter. We used the typewriter in school, in yeah. grade school. Yeah, but not in grade college. school. In yeah. college. In college, we used typewriters. Wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's tell the us, divide there. The <laughs> tell us some more about yourself, Leslie. <laughs> okay, last one. Beer or cider? I think there's an old saying that says it takes a lot of beer to make good wine. And I think mm. beer, you know, there's nothing more refreshing than like a beer after a long day of work sometimes. Gotcha. He is correct. Beer. Okay, I'm beer too. Um, mm. I actually grew up in Texas and I didn't know what wine was at first. So we drank beer, but now I drink wine. I prefer wine over beer. Beer. <laughs> Beer, yeah. Beer I'm the only cider. cider girl. I'm a dry. You give me any kind of cider, especially the dry ones. I love it. It I'll reminds me of wine like sometimes. What'd you say? I'll drink a cider if like I'm dying oh, and like I need something to drink. But wow. if you're asking me, do I want a beer or a cider? Hands down, I'm picking a beer. You know, in DC, we have a cider bar. And they serve all the ciders and fancy wine glasses and have an extensive menu. It's very, very bougie. It's cute though. Where? Where? Um, in Northeast. I'll send you the link. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm curious about that. They're, yeah, I'm curious. Yeah. Well, everyone, that is our show. Thank you so much for joining the Swirl Suite. That was fun. Thank you, Sadie and Marty. Thank, Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. It was yeah. a nice way to end out this series. So thank yeah. you guys for your time. Thank you so thank much. You. Thanks for joining this world suite. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Leave us five stars and leave us a comment. We love ratings. Also, be sure to follow all of us on social media. Myself at Vine Me Up. Glennis at Vino Noir. Girl Meets Glass is Tanisha. Vino 301 is Leslie and you can follow the Swirl Suite podcast account at Swirl Suite. The Swirl Suite is now a part of the Alive Podcast Network. This episode has been edited and produced by Vime Me Up Media.